This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be discussing avoidant attachment, which is uh, the opposite of the podcast episode on why your wife doesn't like when you travel for work and uh, why she's not happy when you get home when you're away during the day. So those women are preoccupied attachment. And that's, uh, if you refer back to my latest paid episode for subscribers, which is one reason you should subscribe on attachment theory, then you will remember that there, that is preoccupied attachment, but there's also avoidant attachment. So there's like seven zillion things about how men act when they're avoiding attachment, which you can read on my blog or basically anywhere. I feel like there's books literally with the title of the avoidant male, <laughs> the emotionally uh, withholding man, et cetera, et cetera. But there's not as many written on when women are avoiding attachment. So before we jump into that, I just want to tell you to subscribe because then you get all of my paid episodes and motivate me to keep us. Uh, to, you know, uh, creating here and uh, separately, not for the podcast, but separately, because there's been some confusion, even though I try to say this all the time, uh, you should subscribe to my Facebook group because then you could talk in private without anybody seeing uh, your comments, like friends and family. You could talk about lots of interesting topics with all of my followers that have joined, and all of those topic threads are really interesting about relationships, parenting, etc. And I engage in there quite a bit. Um, okay, so what does an avoidant woman look like? Well, it's interesting. This came actually uh, was sparked by a thread in my Facebook group, but it it really doesn't like it's okay. Avoidant attachment men, avoidant males are not going to want to talk about emotions at all. Like they're just not. You know, like you bring up an emotion, they like run the fuck out of the room. Like um, women are not like that. Women are raised to talk about emotions, so you can't really tell if a woman is avoiding attachment or preoccupied attachment by how much she talks about emo- emotion. I mean, probably the preoccupied will talk more about it, but emotionally avoidant women are also going to talk about emotion because women talk about emotion. So that's like your overarching construct. Like that's your umbrella construct. Woman, yes, then they talk about emotion. So what avoidant means more for women and how you could tell if this is more like your wife are things like she wants to spend a lot of time alone or with her friends or at work. She does not really want to spend a lot of time with you. You know, um, she does not really like intimacy. And I'm not, uh, sometimes actually the avoidant women will like sex more because that's like the only way that they can express intimacy. But usually it's fairly rote. It's like the same way all the time. And it's not like a lot of eye contact or kissing. It's more like intercourse to orgasm. And that's that, you know, and um, this is because avoidant women as, and I discuss more about avoidant attachment, obviously in that podcast where I go into it in depth, but they uh, don't. 
They haven't been raised to be very interdependent. When they were kids, they didn't learn to rely on others. They learned to rely on themselves. So in fact, when you are having sex with your avoidant attachment wife, you may feel that she is using your body. (laughs) And while some of you men listening may be like, awesome, it really is not. You know, when you are coupled in such a relationship, it's really not that awesome. And um, because you don't feel like it matters who's there. Like it matters, um, kind of, you feel kind of like the vibrator. And frequently, there's also a vibrator, to be honest, because that lessens intimacy even more. So that's frequently an add-on. Because then, think about it. If she doesn't want to be dependent, then she's not dependent on you for really much of anything if the vibrator's there and if you really are only for that one part of sex, which TBH, women can do without the penis part if they have the vibrator. So, you know, it's what you have to think about is does your wife like to need you or not? Or is she kind of um, weirded out by needing you and goes to great lengths to show that she is independent and does not need you? So while um, obviously it's good to be your own person, within an intimate relationship, avoidant people take this too far. And everything, so is like in the Venn diagram of who they are versus who their partner is, the circles are next to each other. They do not really overlap except in childcare. And there's frequently a lot of um, uh, like tag team stuff. Like I get home from work, then you take the kids and I go to the gym. And then when you, when I come back from the gym, you go to the gym and then I'll go to sleep and then I'll do the early feeding and then you'll do the late feeding. This always sounds like so great, like to anybody listening until these people get divorced (laughs) because, you know, they really didn't see each other for like the children's entire childhood. They kind of did a tag team thing because the end of the world would be if a person, specifically the avoidant person usually, um, didn't get to do their hobbies, their socializing, work in however way they wanted it, and everything else that makes them them. Because they're a lot more comfortable being a discrete individual entity than part of a couple. Now, it it's different when there's a preoccupied attachment woman. Everybody's kind of used to that. More women are, in fact, preoccupied attachment. More men are, in fact, avoidant attachment. So when you have an avoidant attachment woman, um, more men are more, quote, independent. So they do like to have hobbies and alone time more usually. It's very rare for a man to say that they have any sort of fear or anxiety about being in the house by themselves, whereas many women feel this way. Women have higher rates of depression and anxiety and evolutionarily are more physically vulnerable, particularly if pregnant, nursing, or have small kids. So they are wired to be less okay with being alone. So if you have a woman who goes against this evolutionary mainstream kind of effect, then, um, then, then truly she's quite avoidant, you know, and you will be able to tell because she wants to do, she wants to make sure she can do everything on her own. She, she frequently wants to have the finances separate, you know, she wants to know that she could do everything, sometimes stated, like in case we were not together anymore. Sometimes it's unstated, but you can't help but think, what are you preparing for? You know, I'm here. But it's like as though you can you can very easily picture what her life would be like if you died because she's kind of living it already. You know, like she hangs out with you when you want, maybe. And then when you don't want to and you don't mention it, you kind of don't see that she mentions it that much. Now, 
in terms of discussing emotion, uh, avoidant attachment women, as I've said before, they can say, I had a bad day at work, I'm sad, I feel hurt by X, Y, Z. They can say that stuff because, again, women bond like that and they may, may be very socially adept. The avoidant attachment does not happen with friends. No attachment relationships um, are really, we're not really talking about friendships. The only friendships that in any way uh, end up looking like the attachment style of the person, which started with their caregiver, as I discussed in the Attachment Theory podcast, the only ones that look like that are sometimes very close best friendships in like adolescence or early 20s. That's when women get like super close to other women, really starting from a preteen up to like marriage. There can be like a best friend that almost is similar to an attachment figure and with whom an avoidant attachment woman may have a best friend that is more preoccupied similar to how the man is that she eventually marries. So this friend is the one who's always asking your wife to hang out and um, kind of wanting more from your wife than maybe your wife could give. Or it could be possible that you entered your wife's life at a point where she did not have such a best friend, or she was just so avoidant attachment that she only stayed in a group and never really had the intimacy of a best friend at all. Uh, So she could look completely socially adept. She could look way more socially adept than you. She could have a million friends, thrive in a group, thrive at work. But there's always kind of something missing in the intimacy realm. Now, most guys who are listening to this that are partnered with an avoidant attachment woman are not securely attached for reasons I went into in the Attachment Theory podcast and, in fact, are preoccupied. So these men are making everything worse because there's what I refer to as and what is called interlocking pathologies. So their desire to emerge completely and gain ultimate intimacy with their wives is, of course, pushing their wives away even more. So every time that you say, oh, come hang out with me, let's be close, let's do date night, uh, what do you want for your birthday, what do you want for this? Every time you do anything like that, the woman is almost like uh, like weirded out and sometimes even contemptuous or disgusted because the amount that you seem to need her, which is certainly too too much, quote unquote, too much, because you are preoccupied attachment, um, then she, she this pushes her away more and more and more, which then, of course, amplifies and exaggerates your own preoccupied attachment in a vicious cycle. So everybody ends up, you end up more preoccupied from being partnered with an avoidant partner, they end up more avoidant from being partnered with you. Now, sometimes there are Very infrequently, sometimes there are two avoidant people that end up together. Um, As I discussed, this is way not common, but sometimes it can happen. And in that case, neither one of you is listening to my podcast because neither one of you cares super deeply about the relationship in this integral sense that you would be researching it. But if, if this is a situation that somehow you are listening to my stuff and you're in, then both of you were raised to be hyper independent, not trust people. And the reason you probably got together was honestly, you were in a culture where marriage was um, really the thing to do. You got to the age when everybody was getting married and y'all got married. And probably both of you never felt as completely intimate as you may have even felt with prior partners. But it seemed right. You were like probably very good on paper. And um, these people often cheat on each other a lot to avoid 
partners because both of them uh, are, they're both kind of innately drawn to somebody who is going to be more into them. Anybody would be, you know? And so if somebody is very into an avoidant person, they can kind of at first in the honeymoon stage, kind of bring them a little bit out of their avoidant shell. So if you are the more common of a preoccupied man who's with an avoidant wife listening to this, at the beginning, you may have seen more uh, intimacy, you know, come out and you may have seen her rely on you more, particularly if there was any sort of crisis, you know, like a lot of times avoidant women get together after a crisis. So for example, uh, she had a health scare and you were there for her. So she was able to open up to you or she had just been broken up with by somebody else in a very uh, humiliating way. And then you were there. So this, um, whatever vulnerability you saw at the beginning may not have been endemic to the character, but rather an artifact of the situation that the woman found herself in at that time. And this can always leave the man like chasing the dragon because he's trying to get back the woman who we saw for such a fleeting period during the earliest honeymoon stage. This is a variant of how men try to recapture the sexuality that they saw in every woman, regardless of attachment style, generally during the honeymoon stage when their libido is artificially inflated by the hormones of the honeymoon stage, as I discuss constantly in this podcast and on my blog. So if you are partnered with an avoidant attachment woman, what are you to do? Well, the most likely um, to help would be your own therapy. So you figure out really what part of this relationship is due to you um, exacerbating things by being probably jealous, controlling, anxious, uh, etc. because you yourself have unresolved childhood issues that are being exacerbated by what you perceive as correctly as um, kind of being pushed off a little bit by your partner. And if you do work through a lot of these issues on your own, you may end up more securely attached and ironically then less likely to put up with a relationship in which somebody's intimacy level only goes so deep and in which their need for intimacy is really not uh, there, you know, as much as you might want it to be. So that's how therapy can uh, fuck up relationships. <laughs> I mean, it can, just like getting sober can fuck up relationships. Anytime that somebody gets healthier, it fucks up the status quo. And a real good movie about this is When a Man Loves a Woman with Meg Ryan. I always talk about this. Um, as an example of a codependent relationship where when one person changes for the better, the relationship is put under stress. And this is something that therapists see all the time. But this doesn't mean that if you're listening to this, you shouldn't go to therapy because I'm telling you, you'll end up leaving your wife. That isn't reality, nor is it good. You don't have to ever leave. You're, nobody ever pushes anybody to do anything they don't want to do. And uh, your relationship also, by the way, may get a lot better because once you are more securely attached, there may be some bond and then maybe you could get your wife into couples counseling now that you're not doing some crazy shit anymore and you know you're doing some crazy shit you may not be like surve surveilling her you know you may not be like watching her on life 360 to make sure she's not cheating on you even though maybe you used to do that when you were younger but you are probably acting very needy I have a podcast about neediness versus boundaries um you may be acting pretty annoying and sulky and whiny because yes, you're right. Your emotional needs are not getting met, but also 
you yourself are weighted to be hyper vigilant and hyper needy from things in your past. So the reason that you are initially drawn to your wife, as again, I talked about in that podcast, is because you were, you did not get consistent loving attention as a child through no fault of your parents. They were not able to provide that for you for numerous potential reasons, including, you know, their own issues. You know, let's just put it all under their own issues. And so you became hyper aware of any time that anybody wasn't going to be there for you. And you became obsessed with getting somebody who would be there for you. So Imago theory states, you find somebody kind of like a caregiver, then you spend your life trying to make them better in ways you can never make your caregiver better. So if you were a man whose mother ran really hot and cold, then, you know, and she was never really there enough for you, because let's say you had a sibling with substance abuse issues and your mother was uh, completely taken up with that, or they had marital problems, or your mother was an alcoholic or depressed or what have you, then you are drawn to a woman who is a challenge to get her attention and you will feel truly reparented if you can get this woman who is difficult in some way like your mother and then finally get her to pay attention to you and be consistently loving. But by doing that and by throwing your whole self into that, you may be overshooting and in fact pushing her away more, particularly if she has avoided tendencies. So uh, if this describes you, this is definitely something that you can work on in counseling and hopefully uh, it gave you a little bit of a of a light bulb moment if this describes more of your interactions. This is a lot of guys that I work with and they're not used to thinking of women as emotionally avoidant in any way because after all, woman talks about emotion, but every woman talks about emotion, you know? So I mean, really think about it. If you take out just the fact, literally, she talks about emotion. Is she pursuing you ever to hang out? Think about it. Or is she pursuing you never to hang out, you know? And uh, also, obviously, the the pursuer distancer stuff I write about on my blog is also relevant to this. So hopefully this gave you a bit of a eureka moment that can then lead to potentially pursuing some more, uh, you know, ways to get self-actualized and not to continue being in this dynamic that's so frustrating, e.g. therapy, both individual and couples eventually. All right. uh, Thanks for listening and please do subscribe.